This year, you can prioritize what matters most when you share the gift of health from EverlyWell. With over 30 at-home lab tests and high-quality vitamins and supplements, you'll be able to find the perfect test for you or your loved one. It's so simple, too. EverlyWell ships you the test. The sample can simply be collected at home and shipped back to a certified lab in the prepaid envelope included with the test. Digital physician-reviewed results are sent straight to your preferred device in just days. The gift of health has never been so easy to share than it is this holiday. For listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash OC. That's everlywell.com slash OC for 20% off your next at-home lab test. everlywell.com slash OC. You can listen to this episode of Welcome to the OC Bitches ad-free on Amazon Music. Welcome to the OC Bitches. Welcome to the OC Bitches. What's up? <laughs> surfer. It's surfer day well, for Mindy. Well, we're not in the studio at the pool house. I'm actually near the beach. Yeah, it's it's um some of our some of our beloved crew are are not well, so we thought we'd play it safe and do it from home today. Yeah, I mean I'm cozy. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Season three, episode twenty-four, the man of the year. This is the end Again. of season three. We're getting there. Dude, I'm not, I don't want to watch the next episode. I just don't want to. I really don't want to do it. Well, I have to. There's a, there's I don't a certain part you can probably pass on. It'll be okay. Yeah, I'm, I might. I might do that. Um, I know. It's this episode, trigger. I'm not going to lie, is kind of a throwaway for me. Really? Yeah. There was some great resolve, though. I think there were some wonderful things that were resolved. And I think there's some very symbolic things. It's like essentially like burning down the Newport group. Let's burn down that storyline and move on. Because it, oh, it was such a yeah. sim- symbolic of like Kirsten's drinking and and <sighs> problems at home. And I just right. I, there's some there's some things that actually were satisfying, at least because because the end, I think, was it was good. We'll get there. But I loved Misha's uh, get up further along in the episode. Love it. Yes, there's some great and there's some incredible, incredible cameos in here. So that's true. Okay. Let's just get into it because it's you and me. Just it's just us. (laughs) The synopsis is Sandy is voted man of the year. Meanwhile, Kirsten hits the bottle. Summer tries to right an impulsive wrong. Ryan is blackmailed into stealing a car. Crashed car. Stole it. Seth burns down his dad's office and Marissa gets Caitlin out of trouble. Directed by Tony Warmby, written by Stephanie Savage. Original air date was May 4th, 2006. Well, I love that the episode picks up directly, directly after last episode. Yes. I was wondering, like, they just, I guess, obviously, Tony directed. So it it was, they had to just go back to that set and just continue the film, like, the next week or the next day or wherever it fell on the schedule. Yeah, you kind of think like, oh, wouldn't it save some time if they just um, right. di- yeah, like, took some scenes or shot this, those scenes? But I don't think it works that way. I think they literally have to recreate it. And, you know, and Ryan. OK, so clearly he was violent and he, you know, Bolchak had this plan to pull him in and mm-hmm. Ryan did whatever he could, you know, throughout the whole series. He's been trying not to be that guy that fights and he he got pulled into to Volchek's plan, whatever this plan of his is. And then he could have just left him, right? But right. he decides to put him in the van, Volchek's van, and t- and go to the hospital with this very he kind does. of epic montage 
that yeah. Um, yeah. was very reminiscent of like flashbacks of him actually hitting him. So we're trying, they're, the, they're trying to show us what's going on inside Ryan's mind, right? To mm-hmm. make it, mm-hmm. to show that the, the stakes are really high for him right now and he doesn't want him to pass away. <laughs> or if he's really, really hurt, he's doing the right thing, right? Yeah, he always does the right thing. So let's think about what his stakes are. He's 18 now. Mm-hmm. He does have a record. And you can see Ryan saying, God, what do I do? I mean, he's so, so on the edge of like, he knows that he could lose everything he's ever had um, built because of what he just did to Volchek, right? That's that's what mm-hmm. the audience needs to get from this, I think. Right, it's true. He's just about to go to Berkeley. Like everything has changed for him. So right, right. it's a big deal. And the most surprising part is when he brings Volchek to the hospital. Volchek doesn't rat him out. No, okay, so is this like street like mentality? Like, oh no, I I got jumped. Like he doesn't throw him under the bus because it's like no, you don't get the satisfaction or or I don't know what is it. Like I'm still trying. I to think figure it's because he's gonna use him later and blackmail him so he doesn't turn him in. Right, right. I mean, he gets into this whole thing. You know, he says, and and he says, and see me tomorrow. Show up tomorrow. He's asking him. To- Mm-hmm. to show up tomorrow. And I don't know. It's like, a, don't it's you a, think because he just has this, you know, well, okay, like, I'm so let's, use this to my advantage. If we go back to mm-hmm. the first time, you know, he, first of all, he cold cocked him on the beach trying to, to defend Johnny. Right. That was the first yeah. time he ran up to him and hit him. And then yeah. when he said, you know, let's meet under and he did the crazy lethal weapon thing with the broken bottle. And right. Volchek has never, ever, ever upped him on one. He just mm-hmm. needs to win. So obviously we're creating this world of, like I said, high stakes because we know, well, we know what's coming at the end, but it needs to build to what the ending is going to be. Right. And I this- still don't remember what provokes any of the ending. I don't. So I'll know soon. But yes, obviously this conflict between Volchuk and Ryan is. Well, going to escalate. I I would think that what everything that happens here, you know, because I mean, and Volchek later says when he goes to he goes back to visit him because we're in this. We can talk about that when he goes back to visit him and he says, you know, if you don't help me, I'm calling the cops. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, I'll say the same thing about the money. And he's like, what's mon- what money? And he makes it. Volchek makes a good point. He says, or Kevin. Yeah. Uh, he says, I have nothing to lose. And that's somebody, when somebody has nothing to lose and Ryan has everything to lose, Mm -hmm. then that's what I think, that's what Ryan, I think, kind of holds on to when he's like, he he does have everything to lose. And even, even just based on everything he's experienced, even if the cops question him, and I mean, when you think about all the kids that have been in trouble, like when Marissa was in trouble, just at least on the OC, the cops aren't fair. They're very suspicious and any little thing could really ruin it for him, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. So basically Volchek has him by the balls in a sense. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, but this whole storyline, I mean, we can just run with it with Ryan and Volchek and what transpires in this episode is he basically blackmails Ryan, right? Right, right. To to have him help him out with something. But Ryan doesn't know what it is. No, he's like, you need to help me. And he says, okay. And then he shows up. Well, I mean, in between that, when Teresa actually called him to say, how are you mm-hmm. doing the next day? And mm-hmm. um, he agrees to do some, you know, it, it was so funny. She says, well, you know, I talked to the guy and um, 
he has a hard time. He's a 28 year old, has a hard time yeah. understanding prom. Yeah. And Ben was actually 28 shooting that. Mm -mm. Yes. I, I thought he was a little bit younger and she was 29. So it's kind oh of, my a, gosh. cause he goes, yeah, I get that. And I, so that's definitely, he's like, non. I literally get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm 28 doing prom, doing these things anyway. Oh my God. So that's I'm so sure funny. there was some conversation about that, but right. So, and then in the meantime, you know, yes. Yeah, so he ends up going over to, um, Baltrek and, and says that he will, I don't know, he, that he's going to agree to do this. And sure enough, it turns out to be like when he says it's my neighborhood, I thought he was going to say that's my name. It's Chino for some yeah, reason. Me too. Right. So then when it turns out that it's actually his neighborhood and then classic noopsie Taryn shows up. Right. <laughs> it's like, it couldn't yep. be even worse. Like, I know. And the, then she's like, bring him too. <laughs> he's hot. She's thirsty. She's key party. She's very thirsty. She's a thirsty noops. <laughs> she's um, the best noopsie, I think. Right. I know. She's so fun. I love when she just pops in. <laughs> yeah, she's the definition of it. Yeah, because yeah. there's the man of the year party, and that's what they're talking about. And um, yeah, so they go to steal this thing, and yes, and apparently the guy that they had seen before was supposed to leave a was supposed to leave a key, and Ryan didn't know it was a car, and so when he gets no. there, and it's a hundred twenty thousand dollar Mercedes or something. Mm -hmm. So he, of course, the alarm goes off, and security yep. is just yep. happens to be patrolling. At first, that seemed convenient, but then again. If you've ever been in those gated communities, that's exactly what it's like. They're literally like the only car driving around is usually the security guard. That's true, I guess. Actually, I'm just going to take your word for it. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds right. But yeah, so he steals the car and Ryan, of course, runs off. It puts him exactly back in our pilot episode. Yep. Of, and the same, even the same dialogue of don't be a bitch. I, it right. didn't, didn't Trey say that, I think. And in this time, he looks and he's like, I'm not doing it, thank goodness, mm -hmm. and runs mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. And and he calls Marissa for help. Right. So And I thought, so he does call Marissa, but, you know, the acting, the acting choices that Ben made, it's, they were super high, you know, because Ryan tends to be pr very cool and Ben is yes. very cool. But mm -hmm. this was the first time, like, he really portrayed just how terrified he was yeah, he would lose everything. Yeah. Because his life is flashing in front of his eyes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so I really felt that. I was like, as stupid as it is that, you know, like you said, this is this is the situation. I mean, it just gets higher and higher and higher to lead up to what's coming up. So, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, Volchek is just so misguided. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin just needs a hug. Kevin. I was with the real <laughs> Kevin Volchuk the other night. Were you? What, Could we not should be get the more real opposite. Yeah, if Cam doesn't come on, we should get the real oh, Volchuk. Of course, Kevin <laughs> will talk to us anytime. Okay, <laughs> Kevin Volchuk was Adam Brody's agent at the time of the show. I know we talked about it before, but I'm just gonna remind yeah. people he's one of our very dear friends. He's married to one of my very good friends, Nicole. Nicole, who's on the, on show the podcast. As well. Yeah, Nicole Chavez, who was in cost a costumer on the show. She's been on the podcast. But yes, the real Kevin Volchuk could not be more opposite. We love him dearly. And it's just such a funny that that Josh, I think Josh brought it up the other night because I was with Josh and Kevin and Josh was like, yeah, and you name a villain after him. Like he was just like <laughs> threw that out there and like it could be more opposite. So the irony is pretty funny. Well, yeah. Anyway. I mean, um, <laughs> next time we talk to Josh, we should ask him to, you know, what was the thinking behind it? So he calls Marissa. He needs help. She says, yes, she's driving back from Montecito. We'll get back into that. But he instantly says, I was with you tonight. 
Uh-huh. And bless her, you know, okay, no problem. You're with me tonight. I know. She doesn't even question it. She's like, all right. Yeah. That's a down-ass mofo. When Ryan and Teresa were having dinner and, yeah. you know, so basically they're they're trying again. They're coming back together. They're, right. Right? She's like, you and if we're doing this, she it's in, yeah. it's instant couple. Like we've got too much history. It's deep. It's real. We're we're committed. And she instantly sees his hand and she goes full mama bear. Like, what? No, you can't be doing this. And he's like, look, you're the only person I can talk to because you know me. And she said, I'm a mother now. I cannot be around someone like my brother or your brother. And he's like, come on. She's like, you have good days and bad days, but there are guys out there who never fight ever. So this is a hard no. I'm out. And that's the last time we ever see Teresa. That is? Yeah. Oh, spoiler. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, wow. I mean, have you, did you ever date somebody who likes to fight? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I have, yeah, I I had, I did too. I don't like it. No, no, no. I mean, it was obviously (laughs) in my younger years, but now I'm like, I'm married to someone who's never physically gotten into a fight. And it's, and it's like, I think there's a lot of you know, they, if, if need be, if you had to defend yourself, I'm sure people would do that, but she's got a point. Like this is exactly what he said he wasn't going to do and he did it. So yeah. Isn't there a show where there's like someone who dates and they just always are picking fights. Ugh, I'll never remember it. Someone a, a scripted maybe show write or in. reality? <laughs> Scri- yeah. Well <laughs> scripted, but I can't think of it, but maybe someone will uh, enlighten. Us. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> I used to think it was kind of cool when I was kind of in my no, rebellious so, stage. And it's not. It's on like the tip of my tongue and he's just like starting fights. It's probably some really either random rom-com that nobody knows because I, those are the movies that I like to watch. Or okay. it's like a sitcom. I don't well, know. Well, we'll insert it here when we figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So okay. that's basically what's going down there. Let's move into Marissa and Caitlin. Yes. Before we get to the very end. Yes. So Marissa wakes up from the prom after the prom, morning after the prom to a phone call from a phone call. Caitlin, we're going to do it all in a British accent. I don't know. She does. She does it good. She's like, Kate, Kate, Caitlin, what? Because she never calls. Right. Caraway has the entire kitchen in mind from cookware to bakeware, tea kettles and their latest release of food storage. And their holiday event has been extended. Save up to 20 percent on all Caraway products. I'm so obsessed with my Caraway products. Not only are they beautiful and I keep them out on my counter, I feel so good cooking in them because I know there's no harsh chemicals. And I keep collecting pieces. I have the minis. I don't have the mini yet. Should I get the mini? You need the mini. I'll get the mini. It's time to ditch the chemicals with Caraway Homes' non-toxic kitchenware collection so you can make healthier cooking a piece of cake. All sets come equipped with the easy access storage solutions so that no stacking is required. And for the first time ever, you can now save on Caraway's food storage. Gone are the days of misplacing your lids. I'm obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. It's on my stove. It's pretty. It's blue. I cooked my eggs in it this morning. And yeah, I mean, I think of all the time I had those nonstick pans that oh, were yeah. all scratched. Thank you, Caraway. Visit CarawayHome.com to take advantage of their cyber season event and score up to 20% off your next purchase of non-toxic kitchenware. This deal won't last long. So visit CarawayHome.com to shop all their incredible products for up to 20% off this holiday season. Caraway. The holidays aren't all sleigh bells and mistletoe. 
They are also airports, shopping malls, and dining tables crowded with people, some you're glad to only see once a year. And let me tell you, that is when NextEvo comes in handy for me. NextEvo SmartSorb technology delivers CBD to your system in as little as 10 minutes. I really love this stuff. It is helping me sleep. It's helping me with my stress and anxiety when I have to go to functions and talk to a lot of people, and it works fast. <laughs> Next Evo's Stress CBD Complex gummies are clinically proven to have four times better absorption than standard CBD. Their gummies feature ashwagandha, clinically proven to reduce stress by 70%. Next Evo is the only brand that combines a patented natural whole plant ashwagandha that's eight times more powerful than regular ashwagandha. And they're 100% U.S. hemp-derived SmartSorb CBD with four times better absorption than standard CBD. I usually deal with my stress by going on a run. Mm -hmm. Exercise has kind of been my thing. But I haven't been able to do that for the past 15 weeks. Oof. So this, having Next Evo gummies has been really, really helpful. It's it's really also helped me with my sleep because I'm not mm. sleeping as well because of my not exercising. Get smarter CBD from Next Evo Naturals and get up to 25% off subscription orders of $40 or more at nextevo.com slash podcast. Promo code OC. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O dot com slash podcast. Promo code OC. Yeah, she needs her help because there's a letter going to the house from the school. Intercept something. She, yeah, she needs Marissa to intercept something. Did you ever do that? Like intercept something in, in the mail? Usually be a phone call probably, but it's a letter. Yeah, like a phone call. I mean, I'm sure I have. Did you ever cover for siblings? I don't know. If I'd cover for my brother, I'd be like, I'm throwing you under the, under the breast, bro. Bus, bro. Breath, <laughs> under the breath. <laughs> under the breast, bus. bro. <laughs> throw that throw that bro under the bus. Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, for a friend, for sure. I've like Yeah. Yeah. How about you? We were too antagonistic at, at some at times, you know, I'd, I'd be lucky. Yeah. Anyway, no, we would throw each other under the bus no matter what. I mean, except for like sneaking out or something. I don't think we would tell each other that kind of stuff, but also anyway. Right. right. So she but needs yes. her to help her out and um, she's like, okay, but you got to tell me what this is about. Like I'll mm -hmm. help you, but tell me what it's about. But in the meantime, you know, when she goes to the school, okay, she goes to the school and she meets yep. Hadley who yep. is the famous roommate that we haven't met yet by played by Lucy Hale. Lucy Hale. So I text Lucy yesterday and she responded saying that I asked if she even remembered like being on it. And I sent her a picture and she was like, oh my God, I was so excited to be on the show because I was such a huge fan. And it was one of the first jobs she ever did. Right. Oh my yeah. gosh. And it was so, she's so cute. So my question to you is, did you watch it with subtitles and did you hear everything she said? I just kept laughing because she kept being like, no, bitch. Like she kept using bitch, which I thought was funny. But no, what did, I'm sure so, I missed something. So when she answers the door, she says, dad, well, what do you expect? Oh, yeah. And she says, what do you expect if you do the same love triangle and you beat it into the ground? And she goes, my dad, the valley, he's the sh creator of the show, the valley. Right. So right, he's Josh. Right, and then as she walks away, she's like, "Dad, you can't do that to do that to yourself. You can't read those messages." Stop boards. reading the yeah. message boards. It was a yes. It was definitely a, a, um, a nod to Josh. It was very cute. There was something else when I um, I googled the um, character of Hadley. Um, another thing was that he technically owned the trailer park that Julie lived in. That what? was yeah. There was a little um, when Caitlin says. 
you know, when, when Julie says like, how did you know? And she's like, my roommate's dad owns the trailer park or something. So that was, I remember that. And you know, what's so funny? Cause we're watching this and they're at boarding school in Montecito, whatever, but Briar is currently watching Zoe 101, which was Jamie Lynn Spears, Brittany's yeah. sister, her show. And they're like at a boarding school in Malibu. Right. <laughs> so I just kept thinking of Caitlin, much different, much different uh, <laughs> school, but it was just funny. The parallel. Well, yeah, okay. so they do go to, she goes to this, um, to the school, which probably was shot at Mount St. Mary's just to, to mm-hmm. look like that. And when she, when they're sitting there and they, they're talking about explaining what's going on, you've got Caitlin, you've got Hadley and Marissa, and that's the guy. His name is Trevor Knightley, played by Brock mm-hmm. Kelly. And they say the funniest thing. She says he's a lacrosse, he's on lacrosse team, and those are lacrosse-tutes, those groupies. Oh my god, lacrosse-tutes. That was very funny. <laughs> Shout out to Stephanie for that one. Lacrosse-tutes. Yeah. So apparently this crest was stolen. Sometimes these things like slip by me. I'm like, what what are they talking about? A crest was stolen from the headmaster or whatever, and he's blaming it on Caitlin. And because she's not a good student, whatever, and she's three strikes, and he's a he's you know the perfect guy, and he's mad at Caitlin because she turned down a lipstick party. Down, do you remember what these are? A lipstick party? I I'm trying to. I think it has to do with girls giving oral sex with different lipstick colors. I mean, so they paint their penises different colors. Is that what you're girls, Like depending on, I, I mean, it was something that's what, that's what? what is in my mind. I don't even know if this was just something that was only like on to the know OC. who was on a dude's mm-hmm. wiener. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It what was, if, and that's why Marissa's what like if generational you had like gap. blue lipstick on and you're like, oh boy, yeah. hypothermia. So I didn't <laughs> quite look it up, but I that's what I think it means or something. So maybe we'll figure it out before the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, my. But then Marissa, she's like, I'll never be able to get into his room. So she has a plan. I just need one of those skirts. Oh, speaking of, because yeah. I brought up Jamie Lynn Spears, an ode to Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. Yeah. Rated X. <laughs> right. Okay. First X-rated. of all, Misha looks Phenomenal. Stunning. Phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Like there Phenomenal. was and then I felt, why does why do I feel icky about watching this? I had <laughs> this kind of uncomfortable feeling. I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> probably because, you know, I, I thought about this whole storyline and and like, okay, and then it gets really fun. And because she walks up to Trevor and speaks in a British accent, and <laughs> you know, everybody's looking at her and got and I was her. laughing because I was like, how is she not doing like an amazing British accent when she like, was she born in England? She's born Anyways. and her parents are British. And her parents so have a British accent. So then I, and then as he's like, I know that's not real. I was like, oh, she was putting it on like bad on purpose. Well, I don't, I, I mean, it sounded good to me. I don't know if it was meant to, to be mean or not mean. I don't know, but it sounded good to me. But he just happened to say to know apparently that it wasn't real. So instead, uh-huh. she says, fine, I'm a stripper. Do you want me to take my clothes off or not? She looked good. This was the part that wasn't quite realistic, that her hair bows tied tied his arms to the chair, and he was, wasn't able to get What do you out. mean? Satin is serious. Well, then she locked the door on him. So that's what ultimately, he would have broken out of that pretty quickly, probably. Yeah, I guess I didn't even think of that. But yes, oh, that is anyway. great. I mean, she could have used handcuffs, like a stripper would have handcuffs, right? Right. What, what? Well, That's but she right. did, like I said, she did, be, she was able to get the, um, the, the door closed. And then when they, when she's leaving and 
she says, oh my gosh, we're having a moment. And what Hadley actually says, oh my God, yeah, you're totally awesome. The way Caitlin talked about you, I thought you'd be a mess and like drunk and all, everything. <laughs> I was like, whoops. But then they had this really beautiful, you know, sister moment and, a, you know, big hug. And that's when I thought, okay. Because I was like, what's the purpose of this storyline? And there was a couple moments that made me realize that we want to see Marissa having fun and doing fun things because this is kind of totally out of the norm for a storyline for Marissa like this. And mm-hmm. because you I know, I s- thought I was like, I bet Misha had fun too, like getting to dress yes. up and like do that whole thing. And it was fun. Yeah. Fun. And I feel like, um, I feel like it was nice to see some resolve with the, with, um, with Caitlin and mm-hmm. because of what's coming up. So it was and also, there was another scene when, when Ryan runs to Marissa, meets her in the, at the diner for breakfast and hands yeah. the money. She he says, give, give this to Taylor. Please don't ask any questions. And she right. instantly says, you know, that Kevin, you know, I should go kick his ass. And he's like, yeah, no, you don't need to do that. <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of been done. <laughs> but then he says, well, can we have breakfast? And it was such a quick little scene, but it was really warming to just see them as friends. Yeah. Yeah. But after her phone call, let's go on to the actual, like, what's going on with everyone else. The man of the year. Man of the year party. After that phone call with Kirsten, or Kirsten, um, with um, Caitlin, she checks. This is one of my, I just love you in this. (laughs) She checks on Summer, and you're, Summer's still in her prom Prom dress. Prom (laughs) dress. In bed. Epic. So relatable, though, right? Right, right. (laughs) Can I just pull my eyeballs out and... But what did she say? Yeah, put him in ice or something. Put him in ice water. Oh, it's so <laughs> and Marissa's funny. like, "That's a hangover." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, that's a hangover." Oh my she's god, like, she's so hungover. Yeah. This girl partied at her prom. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, you know, not nausea or whatever nauseous. Tsunami she's like a na- nausea tsunami. <laughs> yeah, yeah. she pukes. But she because remembers. She realized. Yeah, yeah. She brings up Caitlin's letter, and she's like, "Letter," and she remembers that she left the note on Sandy's desk. Dun, dun, dun. Well, and you know, okay, so here's what I was going to say. Why does Summer, I thought it was so interesting that she, she says, oh my gosh, the letter. And Marissa goes, well, then just tell him, you know, why can't you just tell Seth, right. Seth to grab it? Which would be very easy. And Summer instantly says, oh no, we're good again. And she, she wouldn't normally in the past, in my opinion, have yeah. let him off the hook so quickly, but I, I think know. she did she this. She just feels guilt. She does, but I think that whole time when she couldn't figure out was so painful for her. And then mm. when he said, when he said what happened, it all made sense. And she was just instantly like, yes, I get it. We're back together mm-hmm. and it's fine. So, right, yeah. right. Because in the meantime, he told Ryan, he was like, things are good. Things are back. I'm going to mean what I say and say what I mean. And he's like, and Ryan says, well, you're going to tell your parents. And he's like, I'm going to wait on that one. <laughs> Yeah, to find out that one if he gets into right. RISD. So she has a plan to go over and try to retrieve the letter of all of his lies. Right. In the meantime, we find out that Sandy's man of the year. Right. Yeah, he gets this phone call that he's like, it's kind of this. We don't know what's going on, and he walks into the kitchen and tells Kirsten. I. It's such a this story tells her, and of course she isn't like super excited, but she's not mad. And I guess I was just feeling like. I was so confused about the mood, you know, Mm -hmm. between them, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. he says, she says, you know, maybe something good will come of this now. And he says, you mean 
Matt's black eye. And and then he says, well, you know, and then Seth says, are you are you good about this? And she says, well, it'll be good for his career. So there's just this really kind of like non-committal mood between them. And and I think that the writers were trying to put push Sandy to the worst possible version of Sandy, although it's really not bad. It's just that every his family are responding in a way that I mean, Seth isn't hasn't really been responding because he doesn't know yet at this point that we're talking. I don't know. It was just like a weird mood. I couldn't figure out if Kirsten. I think I think because she's trying to be in recovery, she's trying not to overreact to things, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is Sandy really a bad guy, or is he just being a little self centered? Like he's motivated by this hospital. Yeah, I would say he's not definitely not a bad guy. Right. We're talking about Sandy here. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although when Julie tells Neil that he's man of the year and mm-hmm. he's like, well, I don't know about that, you know, right, some shit's right. going down. And Julie actually says, well, you know, self- Sandy can be self-righteous, pompous, and annoying. And I was like, I is he? I and- know. I, You know what's so funny? I was watching and when you say that, because I kind of missed it, I'm like, wait, who's she talking about? Like, I did not think you were talking about Sandy. Well, and, and the thing is about Sandy is like, I'm like, is it fair description? It's fair description. And it's like someone like Sandy. Yeah, he can be self-righteous or, um, right. but to her. So for her, that's how she sees him because she gets put in her place by him mm. a lot, I mm-hmm. guess. But mm-hmm. it's not a, the normal description of him. That's a Julie no. thing. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But then she decides she has to tell Kirsten about it. She, yeah. He's like, well, if, if. If Sandy knows, why doesn't Kirsten know? Right. Which is, you know. Yeah. So then but, you get on the horn. Right. You, she has a Kirsten come over to the house. And, and I'm like, is this a, okay. Was this a good friend move to tell her? Julie's reasoning is that speaking from someone who's been through this, we need to handle this shit and get on I top think, of it. No, I, I think I would probably do this same, same thing, I think. Well, and Julie knows she's been drinking. Oh, she's like, I think because at first I was like, that's right. I was like, stay out of it. Like, let them do their thing. But yeah, it is meddling a little bit. But yes, you do know she's been drinking. Yeah. And she says like and she knows and and Kirsten has kind of confided in her. So they I really felt like we're now seeing that they really are like best friends. Mm -hmm. It's not like Marissa Summer best friends, but they really are kind of best friends. But yeah, yeah. The holidays are around the corner. Actually, they're here. And we all have that one person who is impossible to shop for. Make things easy and get them a delicious treat from Milk Bar. Every Milk Bar creation is made fresh, then thoughtfully and beautifully packaged. So it arrives in perfect condition, ready to enjoy. So I can't even tell you (laughs) my family's reaction to the Milk Bar pie Mm. last Thanksgiving. It was like a whiplash good. (laughs) My mom, literally, she started Googling it. Oh, my God. I told her um, that it's this famous pie. And my husband, he just kept going, "Mm, this is so good. (laughs) So now I think it's going to be a tradition. It's a good tradition. Yeah. For a limited time, Milk Bar is offering their delicious new chocolate mint chip cake and truffles and peppermint bark snap cookies. Mm -hmm. Or my favorite also is the Milk Bar pie. You can't go wrong. But my daughter is obsessed with chocolate mint. She is going to love all of these things. You can ship Milk Bar's desserts nationwide. It's never too early to plan ahead. Place an order today to schedule your treats to be delivered right before the holidays. Milk Bar even offers fast overnight nationwide delivery. Right now, Milk Bar has a special limited time offer. Get $15 off any order of $80 or more when you go to MilkBarStore.com OC. 
You'll get 15 bucks off an order of $80 by going to milkbarstore.com slash OC. Milkbarstore.com slash OC. I'm going there now. <laughs> but in the meantime, Summer rushes over to the and tries to find the letter. <laughs> Which is funny. <laughs> right. And then, of course, she's like, let's go make out. I want to be on mm-hmm. top. This time, you're always on top. You're always on top. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so your scene with, summer scene with Sandy, hysterical. I oh don't know. Gosh. There's something really unique about the scenes with Sandy and Summer. Like, it's it's like Sandy can relate to all of these teenagers, but for some reason, there was just this classic feeling of a teenager mm-hmm. and an adult. And this is what makes this show so good because it's usually such separate storylines where he's too smart and I don't know. And it just becomes so cringy because he goes, what's this? And he instantly opens it. And, you know, I was thinking maybe he'd say, okay, Summer, you can have it back. But right. No, nope. He reads it right away. And his face is, this is serious. And then it just And then comes. the brown lie. They didn't know that he didn't get into brown. And then she drops that bomb. She's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it's so great that Summer, I mean, that she's like, you. when you get nervous in front of a, I mean, this is a big deal. And she knows what it yeah. says. And we've never actually seen it. We just guess, Mm-mm. obviously. But Mm-mm. it's so big that, you know, she just, stum- everything stumbles out of her mouth. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and oh, she summer. says, oh, because, um, is Mrs. Cohen feeling better? I didn't know she was sick. You know, right. when he didn't get into Brown, he didn't get into Brown. What? Uh, so it becomes yeah. this, but Sandy's still cool about it, but it was so, it was. Diarrhea mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's going on. Also what's going on is Kirsten is drinking again. And Seth discovers that in this episode yeah. when she's passed out before dinner and he smells the mug and there's all that tension between. So first of all, Sandy has the benefit of being a lawyer, right? Right. So he right. knows how the world works. He also knows that he's not, you know, he knows he's not guilty, but yeah. maybe by association. So uh, the normal person in the world would say, that's really scary. I'm going to be affiliated with this criminal and this is going to happen. But Sandy's kind of like, ah, cool, because he's not explaining everything to Kirsten. Mm-hmm. So she's, you know, so the one thing that made her drink, I guess, or the thing that is her trigger that she's figuring out was the Newport group and her dad and Sandy and Rebecca and all those things. Right. So, yeah, so she goes straight home and does that vodka thing. And it was kind of a sad, very, I felt so sad for, for Seth when he discovers that, right? Puts a blanket yeah. over her. Right. And then what does he do? He turns to the pot. But then he has to say goodbye to Summer. And, you know, he's and she's, you know, and rightly so. It's like he's not going to necessarily discuss, like, tell Summer what's going on because he doesn't even know, really. Yeah, he doesn't know, really. And obviously there's not like super transparency like going on between these guys on the show. Well, and that's the thing. If she's doing the AA thing, that's an anonymous thing, too. So there's some protection there, I guess, you know. Right. And we do see her go to a meeting and talk about her relapse. Right. No, I mean, the next day she's going back and doing exactly what I guess she's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And and she does. She takes responsibility. She's like, this is not an excuse, but mm-hmm. I just miss my husband. I wish you were there. Yeah. And yeah. this job thing could get him arrested. And then we pull back to see that <laughs> Seth is eavesdropping on a on a private meeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which right. I guess is OK, but I don't know. 
At least he's got to he's got to hear it somehow. But then for someone, see, those are situations that really make you sad and scared and like what's going on. And he mm-hmm. instantly gets angry and he put, turns his anger towards Sandy when it's not Sandy's responsibility to, you know, yeah. she is the one that 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 makes those choices. But when he comes home from the from that meeting and he's sitting there very calmly. Right. This was a great scene. Yeah. Between them, right? Yeah. And he says, I love you and I'm worried about you. Mm-hmm. And he says right back, I'm worried about you too. So and it was like, it was an interesting take. Like they weren't shouting. No. But, but it felt but like you can they, feel the tension. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And it's like, you haven't even noticed that mom's drinking again. And he was like, what? Huh? Yeah. Like didn't even have a clue. What? That's really, really tells you something when your partner... And you're that close and you live together. You sleep in the same bed. They don't even notice that you're drinking again. He's like, you haven't noticed you passed out before dinner? Like, Well, and we've only seen the one time. But right. maybe but he, he insinuates it that it's more. obviously yeah. it's happening. Right. Because we've only seen her do. We've only seen her chug the glass of wine at, at yeah. the thing. And then this time. So maybe it actually has been happening a little bit more because that bottle was like half drunk when she pulled it yeah. out. Yeah, in her hiding spot. But he says, don't speak like that to your father. And he says that would would require you to act like one. Yeah. And so I was like, who who won this argument? I mean, I I kind of feel like Seth. Yeah. Well, just because like that's a bigger deal, honestly. Well, actually, we don't know what's in the letter. But for him to call out Sandy for not even realizing that his wife is drinking again, like I feel like that trumps it no matter what. I don't know. This, in my opinion. Right. And and all of this stuff that he's that he's going through, the more I think about it, it's so, you know, so like I said, Kirsten Lee knows but a little. And he knows all this other stuff because we know he has the goods on Griffin. And, you know, he goes and talks to the D.A. And, and this was another this was another example of of Sandy being like. So. So, I mean, if I put myself in Sandy's shoes, I'd be like. I'd be so scared, but he mm-hmm. is a lawyer and he's like, Hey, mm-hmm. do you have a case? And he's like, there's ramblings, but no, we don't have a case. And so, so right. basically it's, there's no case. And without evidence, there's no case. And Sandy says, if you had the evidence, could I, could we still have the hospital? And he says, Nope, the hospital can't go on because of this, because we still don't even know what those details are. We mm-hmm. know that there was some improprieties some bribes or something, but it's right. enough that, the way the hospital was going to get built was illegal. Right. And even if you got Griffin out, the process yeah. was deemed still. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So he does, he walks away and we don't know what he's going to do, but he's like, thanks a lot. I'll figure this out. And then I was mm-hmm. like, why is he talking to Neil? Because Neil's actually on the board as well. That was the reason. Right. 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 We had to tie him in somehow. Kirsten comes home and he says, let's talk. And he's like, have you been drinking? And she's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, you should have told me. And she gets into this. And so things are out and it's okay. He says, no judgment, no, no explanation. And she says, I tried to talk to you. And he says, and they both say, I'm sorry, which is, right. you know, a very lovely yes. thing. And then that's when she goes to to, see, to Seth and and he says, I know you know about Brown. She says, I know you know about my drinking. and mm. She asked him to do a favor to go pick up that um, the mock-up of the hospital at the, co- right. at the Newport group. <laughs> yep. And Newport he was group. like, I don't even want to celebrate. I don't want to be in the same room as that guy. Yeah. And I was and like, she goes, for me, she asks him to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's normal. Let's think about it. Teenage boys fighting with their dad, like whatever. Like if he's gonna be like, I don't want to be in the same room. Like that's well, understandable. Isn't it interesting how human beings, like literally Seth has done a bunch of stuff that is wrong, questionable, all this. Yes. But now he's throwing stones. It's like, right. why don't you, and, and this is a great lesson. I would, I would point this out. Fix mm-hmm. your own shit before right. you complain about everyone else's. But that's also a normal response to my mom's drinking is my dad's fault because you can't assign blame. Right. People have to take responsibility for their own right. shit. So. Right. Right. <laughs> so that's when he goes to the Newport group. Goes to the Newport group. Sparks a doob. Sparks a doob, man. And, <laughs> and Kirsten's like, show, you know, you got to show up. Um, and, Okay, have you ever been so stoned that you leave leave the the joint? I was going to say the roach, the Buddha, that you leave well, it. No, the roach would be only the very end. Of okay, the so a roach wouldn't cause a fire like that, right? I mean, it's a bit of a stretch. Okay, <laughs> but it could happen, and clearly, it does happen. Have you ever lit a fire accidentally with a with a joint? No. Yeah. Well, he must have been really so. high. His tolerance was really low. Someone's hair's caught on fire while smoking a joint. It wasn't mine. In the meantime, you know, so he he picks up the the rendering, walks out, yep. and we see the trash can catch on fire, and the Newport group starts going up in flames. The symbolic, like, let's burn mm-hmm. this storyline and everything to the ground. But in the meantime, Julie and Neil were. Julie shows up to say, let's go. And and Rob, Dr. Roberts is like, no, I don't want to be associated with those black sheep. And uh, she says, I thought it was really nice. She's like, they're family and I support the people I love. I'm not going to abandon right. them because right. that's what people did to her. That's right. I got to say, this was, I love this dress though. It looked very dancing with the stars, the green. Mm. I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, like she could have so walked. Pretty. Walked into doing the cha-cha or at some point. <laughs> I'm sure you would too. You're, you yourself and Julie. <laughs> I know. I should have done Dancing with the Stars. You should have. Why can't you? Oh, do well, I was offered it during the OC. When Why it... don't you do it now? Oh, gosh. No. We're putting it out there. <laughs> Melinda. No, you think... On Dancing with the Stars. I think you need to be on a hit TV show for them to offer that to you. Mindy, you can go on Dancing with the Stars. I'm putting it out there. That and OnlyFans are my pitches. Well, I was thinking about The Masked Singer because you don't have to be a good singer for that. Oh, okay. That's pretty fun. I'm sure you could do that too, but that's a secret, so we shouldn't really reveal that on here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, so at the man of the year and then Ryan and Marissa show up, the party's going on, the police have arrived and we all think it's to arrest Ryan Atwood. Well, and Sandy thinks it's for him. Ryan oh, says right. they're for me. Right. Right. <laughs> There's many people it could be for in this I know. episode. Well, that's the yeah, that's the thing. The last person we think it's going to be for is Seth, who I love this uh, you know, he gets put in the back of the car, handcuffed. And I'm like, wouldn't they just talk to him first? But no, they're cuffing him. He's under arrest. <laughs> and then there's this I, I love how, you know, they get this coverage. Coverage is when you, you know, obviously you're you're covering everyone's reaction to it. And yeah. there's all of us are standing there and Kelly does this very dramatic look over to me and I look back at her. <laughs> it's like <laughs> everyone's, you know, we have to just stand there saying nothing while Seth, the last person we would ever expect, gets taken by the popo. By the popo. <laughs> His mannerisms are really funny, like in the back. He's like, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, right to me. Like, so yeah. he's <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did we I, I literally wrote um, 
Oh, well, before that happens, you know, Sandy actually does go to do his speech. Well, first of all, mm-hmm. yeah, he goes to do his speech and he says, this rendering is the closest you'll ever see to this hospital being actually, you know. Come to fruition, yeah. Come to fruition. And then he says, and actually I cannot accept the gift because I am going to be the father and husband of the year. And it really is a wonderful gesture and he feels great about it. And he ends up giving the evidence. He says, you know, he's uh, Greg Otis. The DA says, uh, wow, that's a good speech. That's also a name, uh, one of Josh's representatives. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering. Because <laughs> he keeps calling him Otis. And uh-huh. uh, he says, well, here's everything you're going to need. And he hands him over the uh, the the evidence. And yep. it's the best gift you could give your family when they actually yeah. really, really need you. And yep. I wrote, just in big bold, that storyline is over. I think, well, I think we have covered the episode thoroughly and we have voicemails to get to. And I feel like we have more than normal. So I'm actually excited to listen. But I think the episode, I still feel like it was a little bit of a throwaway. I'm standing by it. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it. Mm -hmm. Aside from Misha's outfit, loved it. And uh, which one? Oh, that outfit. Yes. She was wearing a cute top at the beginning too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, her like, you know, anyway. But yes, all in all. Well, it's it's definitely it was an interesting episode because I actually what's what's interesting I watched it um, Adam went to bed and I watched it kind of quietly and it's an interesting thing when you have to watch something quietly to me mm-hmm. it was even though there was some drama at the beginning with uh, with Kevin mm-hmm. it was a quiet episode it was, it was maybe it's just because I had to watch it quiet but it no, was it was not it was, I'm telling you it's a bit of a throwaway all right well let's get into some voicemails. Hi, Melinda and Rachel. It's Alex from the UK. Um, Just wanted to say, first of all, before my question, huge, huge fan of the podcast. I know we hear it every single week, but really, really, you are like amazing, both of you. I used to go around to my um, best mate's house when I was 14, when it came out and it was on Channel 4 in the UK on a Sunday afternoon. So I used to rush down my dinner from my mum and I used to say, right, I've got to go. And I had to run 10 minutes to go and um, <laughs> see my friend's house because I didn't have that channel for some reason. And I just had to run there, watch it together. And I was just so excited every time. And we just like screamed and just absolutely love the OC. So I definitely grew up on it. Just well done for the podcast as well. It's just a highlight of um, my commute to work. My question is, and I don't think it's been asked, so apologies if it has, is um, if you could replace the location of the OC and obviously the OC is in the title where would you set this and like whereabouts in the world would you set this you know if you could have it in Tokyo Japan or London the UK where do you think (laughs) in the world that you would love to see another version of the OC thanks guys bye I love that question. That's a fun one. We haven't had that. No. uh, Thank you for your question. You know, it reminds me. Thank you so much. Um, It reminds me that actually, you know, we we did find out that they were talking about a spinoff of um, Willa at boarding school. And I feel like this episode was the only flavor we would have gotten of what it would have been like. Just that just a little side note. So like Santa Barbara or something. Yeah. But, you know, you know, they did. And I want to. I'm not sure. They did a remake of the OC and I want to say in Israel or was it Turkey? Really? Yeah. And they actually did the scripts like almost word for word. They sold them and they did it. So maybe somebody could correct me on that, but I feel like it was, 
Um, so is that your location pick? Yeah, Israel would be really cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, the first thing that came into my head was the Hamptons, as she was act- asking, just because it's another mm-hmm. wealthy community and mm-hmm. it's a beach. So that's the first thing that came to my mind, but I have nothing else to back it up other than another wealthy beach community, but on the other coast. <laughs> you know what? Because the housewives kind of came out of the OC, maybe we just they they could follow the follow housewives their, and go to follow every, their cities. <laughs> yeah, go to all the yep. housewife cities. There you go. That's a good point. <laughs> but thanks so much for your question, and that was such a sweet story. How you would run to watch the show. So thanks for Thank listening. You. Hey guys, this is Tatiana from Switzerland, and I just wanted to say I love the podcast and I love. The OC, of course, I watch it every year. I revisit it and I'm still loving it. You guys do an amazing job with the podcast. I love all the behind the scenes tidbits that you like share and all the cool guests that you have coming on. I also loved Heart of Dixie. (laughs) So I'm a big fan of Rachel and of course you too, Melinda. Mm -hmm. Um, My question for you guys is, uh, were you aware or are you aware how much of a phenomenon the OC was overseas, like in Europe? Because we also heard a lot of questions uh, in the previous episodes from other people from Europe. So... Were you aware at the time that it was a big hit here in Europe as well as in the US? Yeah, that's my question. Thank you guys so much and hope to see you guys soon. Bye-bye. Well, thank that's, you. Thank you so much. I do remember. So I was very aware, actually, because... Well, um, what you just said in the last answer kind of speaks to that. <laughs> right. Well, and but at the time, so I don't know if you remember this, Rachel, but they, at one point, we did a international, it wasn't just um, the, Glo- you know, there's the Golden Globe group of people, journalists, but then mm-hmm. we actually did a, um, did interviews with, a, with international um, journalists. And they made me aware, very aware of how big it was. And that's when I was like, so where are the residuals? <laughs> so I used to track because I used to be very much a part of our union and and trying to make sure that we were getting compensated for around the world. We still get some foreign residuals. But yes, it was, um, I remember even seeing numbers about it. You know, it's um, Brazil, Italy, obviously she's talking about Europe and um yeah, no, I mean, Australia, it was, it was definitely, um, it was pretty big. And also the fact that so many people, our voices were dubbed and I've even some, some of the voice actors that from time to time, I'll get a message saying I was your voice in Italy or. Oh, how funny. Yeah. 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 We were dubbed in many languages, I guess. But yeah, at the time. Did you ever I think travel? We, there was a little awareness. Yeah. When I traveled, like I think Italy was the biggest Yeah, from my memory. Yeah. But yes, yes. A, a, a bit of awareness. Yes. <laughs> well, I love it. We, I, we And we love that we get vo- um, voicemails from all over the world for this podcast. Yes. So thank you. And hello to Switzerland. <laughs> yes. Hello, Melinda and Rachel. Um, I, of course, have been a huge OC fan since its premiere. I think I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I was very much influenced by the show um, going into um, middle school and all throughout high school. And 
I came across this podcast not that long ago. I had no idea this was happening. <laughs> and uh, by coincidence, I have started on a botched half marathon training. So four weeks out, I am wow. training for a half marathon. And thank goodness that I've come across your podcast because it's all I've been listening to on my runs. Oh. Uh, just last night, I finished a 10-mile run and I killed like an episode and a half. Um, <sighs> so thank you for what you're doing. Keep on doing it. Um, oh, I, I was also at the gym earlier today. I was doing some cross training. And um, <laughs> you bet I was listening to your podcast. <laughs> so uh, thanks for your great workout material. And uh, to cap this off, um, both of you ladies have, without sounding too crass, both of you ladies have fantastic physiques. And oh. <laughs> I am very curious to know what is your workout regime or Aww. your diet regime? Thanks. Hmm. Well, first, congratulations on training for a half marathon. That's a big deal. I would die. Um, <laughs> and for listening to us while you're training, that is so awesome. So thanks for that. My yeah. favorite form of exercise, I'm just going to put this out there, is Pilates, if and when I can get to it. But I've been doing a lot of hiking. And I appreciate you saying that about my physique. I don't feel the same way about myself. But um, thank you so much. You're just like <laughs> so petite. You know, it is interesting um, looking, watching back on the show and just – you know, some there was a lot of, you know, you you actors get a lot of attention for how they look, or if they're slim, or you know, if Misha looks slim, or you look slim, and it's like you're young. I mean, that's there. There's something to be said. I know some people covet certain body types, but we do need to remember that genetics play a big role in how people end up being. Yeah. Um. But but anyway, besides that, um, I. <laughs> I love, and actually what you're doing, um, running and training and all that for the past like three years, uh, I've been kind of doing that. And then I had this stress fracture that I'm finally getting over. And I, the first thing I thought was like, oh my gosh, I can't work out, but man, you can do a lot of things. Um, basically the, the, the universe was, <laughs> well, you can do a chair exercise. There's a lot of things you can do, but, um, um, and as you get older, it, my mom always said, when you turn 45 or 50, it's going to change. And boy, did it change. So I definitely, I think there's something to be said with balancing hormones and also being conscious of, of things in portion control and things that work for me. I mean, over the, over Thanksgiving, Rachel, I literally, yeah. because I don't normally eat a lot of processed carbs, but I was eating mm -hmm. sticky toffee pudding and had enchiladas, <laughs> but my, I literally can feel it like almost really? like I get pain. It gets painful. Like in my, my limbs or my fingers and everything, it's almost like a, um, you know, you just have to figure out what foods make you feel better. And, mm. um, and as you get older, it's, it's, uh, it's just being aware. And so, you know, because I had a little stress fracture and I couldn't work out, my life didn't end. I was fine, but also I, I've learned not to overtrain and that's, um, an important thing too. take it easy, mm -hmm. slow down, enjoy the journey. Mm. So good luck and congrats yes. on your, on your half marathon. Thank you. Hi guys, absolutely loving your podcast. Thank you so much for doing it. Um, I'm sure many would agree that um, hearing the inside scoop of what was going on in your lives while you were filming and hearing the behind the scenes and what really goes on uh, to put a show together as great as the OC has been really fun to listen to. Um, I just wanted to ask uh, Melinda a question just quickly. Um, 
Julie Cooper, uh, an amazing character. Um, I grow to love her more and more as the seasons go on. Uh, she definitely makes questionable choices as a mother. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts personally as a mum yourself on how Julie could have been a better mum for Marissa. Because mm. I know for me, being older and a mum myself, I'm really aware of how um, absent she was as a mum with Marissa and whether you think maybe the outcomes would have been different if Julie was more available to Marissa. Anyway, thanks so much, ladies. Oh, and my name's Hannah and I'm from Australia. Bye. Thanks, Hannah. Uh, yeah, we've definitely kind of discussed that. I've always said that Julie in the beginning, you know, her priorities were really out of whack. It was money, appearance, home, and Marissa and her her kids are kind of way down here. Julie um, was running on self-centeredness and ego. So if you're a selfish mother, then it's, you're always going to, the your child's always going to feel like they, maybe they aren't good enough or something. So um, I'm certainly personally not, um, I'm not perfect. And I've even had <laughs> some selfish moments and my daughter would let me know that. So um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think we made the point that when Julie got to the trailer it seemed like she was the happiest when she realized like her worst fear came true she was in a trailer and but she seemed to be the happiest with her girls and I think that I think Julie's aware enough to actually learn those lessons and those tangible lessons and then put them to work although now that she's back in in Mr. Roberts or sorry Dr. Roberts house we see a little bit of that gold digger she's back in but because you can't really lose it and she feels really, really happy. But um, yeah, no, she's she's an example of some of kind of what not to do. But her 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 heart's and her heart can be in the right place. But anyway, so thank you for the question, Hannah. And hi to Australia down under. Oh, hi, Rachel and Mindy. Um, my name is Caitlin. I'm from Canada, Ontario, to be specific. Aww. I'm about an hour and 20 minutes from Toronto. No way. Mm, actually, with the crazy traffic, probably two hours. <laughs> anyway, besides the point, um, my question is for both of you, anyone, if there was one scene you could go back and redo and or change, like an outfit, the way that you were said something, did you talk to Ryan? Um, what would it be? And how would you change it? Um, I listen to you guys every day. I clean houses for a living. Well, not every day. Rachel, I actually listen to your other podcast um, with your best friend. And I have to say, she's the freaking cutest. And I just think that she's the best. Anyway. Aww. Yeah. Thanks so much for the podcast, guys. Thanks. So sweet. First, I have to say a couple things. I have a lot of experience. Uh Outside of Toronto, the DVP is the worst freeway I've ever experienced in yes, my life. Yes, um, <laughs> yes. Mindy can also speak to that. <laughs> also, Olivia will be thrilled to hear that. That was so sweet. Thanks for listening to Broad Ideas. Um, and I think she brought up what I've what I've mentioned on the podcast before, where there was a thing where I clearly didn't read either what happened in the scene prior and like my delivery to Ben made no sense because I didn't <laughs> read the script, so it totally didn't make sense with what was going on. That would definitely be one for me, but also I feel like there's a lot I would maybe like, not a lot, not a lot. That's a lie. Not a lot I'd go back and do differently, but there are ones where I could probably read the whole script and have a better understanding of what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, our very first episode, I, you were so cute. You were like, what does hot and cold mean? I'm going to flame hot and cold. <laughs> <laughs> maybe understanding things would have been a good place to start. There's probably, okay, this, this was, um, 
I have talked about this before, but it's coming up in season four when um, Julie says, tell me about her and um, to Ryan. And literally it's, it's an important lesson for actors because the camera that was on Ben and you saw just the side of my face and I was just tears streaming down my face. And so when you finally came around and did my close up, I couldn't match the same tears. Like, you know, there's just times when it just didn't, some people are better at that than others. And I was too fucking proud to say, cause Cindy goes, I'll just put tears on your eyes, you know, cause they have makeup artists to do that. And for some reason I was like, no, I can do this. I, you know? And, <laughs> and it's like, what well, that, that was an example of me putting my ego first and not matching the effing scene who cares? Right? right. I mean, I still had the emotion, but the tears weren't matching what he was seeing mm. on this take. And he was like, <laughs> and, but he says, are we going to, Michael goes, are you going to match it? And I was like, yeah, we'll get there anyway. And so that was kind of a mistake on my part because I was being an asshole. So anyway, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hey. Hi, my name is Burke Nelson. I'm from Seattle and have been really enjoying the podcasts that you've both been doing. It's a lot of fun to listen to and learn about the behind the scenes things that have that happened on set. My question is for Mindy. I have a burning question that I've been dying to know the answer to. Where did you grow up? Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows the answer to this I one. I think it's uh, <laughs> it's called Orange County, Florida. <laughs> I'm actually from oh the East Coast. <laughs> Burke, I love you. I love a teaser. That was great. That was really funny. But Mindy, seriously, are you from Riverside? <laughs> Don't tell anybody. I'm actually from San Bernardino. I was born in, in San Bernardino, Upland, California. Were you? Yeah. So so There's I've been lying no this one whole knew. time. I'm not from Orange <laughs> County. I'm from San Bernardino, which My is My brother just was born in Fontana. Isn't that going out there. there yeah it's uh it's just north of riverside so basically yes so you this know what show is my life <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny well these were all such wonderful questions thank you all for leaving the voicemails for us and listening to the podcast and we have so much fun with you guys and keep them coming really appreciate it and mindy this was fun today even remote on a computer yeah um always a pleasure Always oh, a pleasure. And uh, well, Rachel, I'm here for you if um, you need some support or if you want to watch the next week's episode together, the finale Dude, of season three. I'm serious. I cannot watch the whole thing is all I will say. I might I might just record myself watching some of it and, and we'll hand it over and see if it's I don't want to do it, you guys. I feel like a petulant child where yeah. I'm like digging my heels in and like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we'll see. Yes. Ugh, I'm stressed. Well, you know what? There's some other, but the other part of the episode is very <laughs> celebratory. So I think we're going to have some fun. Think about who we're having on as a guest. So we're going to actually I, make it fun. You know what? That is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Let me tell you. Well, so yes. I, that is the silver lining for sure. Okay. Who we get to speak to next week. I know. I know. I mean, we can be honest. Not, everybody, not everybody wanted to talk about these last few episodes with us, to be no, honest. No, I don't. <laughs> the people that created them don't, don't want to come on no <laughs> okay guys well see you next week bitches yeah thanks Bye. for listening follow rate and review welcome to the OC bitches wherever you listen to podcasts if you like to watch us check it out on YouTube woohoo bye bye